another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Uh, <laughs> this evening, um, I've got a DJ, um, event planner, curator, um, uh, co-founder of the group, uh, of the organization Drop the Needle, which is an organization that aims to uh, spread awareness about the opioid crisis um, and provide resources. Uh, he's also, um, he runs the uh, brand Non-Pop, which uh, aims to uh, foster a community of art and music and uh, love and belonging and all of that good stuff. That, uh, all the good stuff, yeah. Yeah, at a number of venues across the city. He's got um, uh, a single with Tanner Dixon out that came out about a year ago. It's called Hypnotize. Um, does a lot of cool stuff out in the community. I'm excited to talk to him about his artistry, his passions, and why he does what he does. Thank you for joining me, Tista. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me, Ben. Good to be a part of your podcast finally after for the long overdue <laughs> and delays and and a whole world crisis <laughs> all sorts of things yeah man um i tell you it's i i had to put so much off from earlier this year and uh, grow as a person and focus on so many other things but i feel like everyone had to so it's been a it was a necessary like sort of hiatus and i'm glad we're doing it now but we for were sure saying, yeah we were just saying before we started recording that I feel like I've already know, like we already know each other because we've already like you know had conversations like about other things like uh, yeah. Facebook. So it feels like you know we've already broken needles. Oh yeah, yeah. Now it's just good friendly conversation. Totally, man. Well, to start, uh, how are you? What what did you do today? Um, pretty doing pretty good overall. Um, you know, I'm glad to stay busy. Um, so besides, uh, you know, with DJing, well, that's been pretty much, you know, canceled this whole year. Uh, unfortunately, because of COVID, I, you know, I haven't had any gigs since mid-March. Um, so, you know, I've had to adapt and, you know, stay busy in other ways, which is nice that, uh, so I do Uber and Lyft on the side and that's been on, honestly a, a great blessing because I stay busy. I get to constantly listen to music, promote my music, promote my brand, all those sort of things in my car, um, network with people, see the city, you know, it's, I get to do stuff that I already enjoyed doing, you know, and basically on my own schedule. So I'm roaming the streets, still helping people out, <laughs> you know, getting them to wherever they need to go, which honestly right now is, is again is 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 nice to have because it's consistent um again i'm exploring helping people out and uh and yeah so it, it's kind of like my uh, i like to call it my batmobile <laughs> my mobile command center you know just no guns shooting out or anything like that but um so that's how i've been staying busy uh during this time um that's pretty much kind of what you know i did today um oh man it sounds like uh you don't work a day in your life. You're doing all the good stuff. <laughs> constantly, constantly on the grind. You got to stay busy. Um, you know, and and again, like I said, I'm glad to be be busy right now for sure. At least with that, um, you know, when it comes to DJing, 
we'll see when the time comes. Honestly, it's a, it's a really weird time for us DJs and getting back into venues and uh, and being safe and you know all these sort of factors that we have to you know take into consideration. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um, yeah, like it's it's been hard not having the you know the the social catalysts we normally have. Um, thankfully, like doing the show has been um it's allowed me to sort of reconnect with like um an outlet i would normally have but just in a different way um and that's kind of what we have to do these days is just like adapting with the the current uh crisis and right you know what our responsibilities are as human beings um but yeah i mean i've i've i feel i feel you on like the keeping busy part i've you know, despite not there not being shows, because um, I write, I freelance right on the music scene. So, um, yeah. so like I'm out at shows like several times a week normally, but, um, but instead, you know, I found a way to do it different. I started helping publish uh, releases because a lot of people are dropping music right now. Right. Uh, instead of going to shows and talking to the artists, like, you know, it's, at least like I've, I've just found a different way to, you know, help uplift and platform uh, people that I care about. And um, yeah, I mean, future is pretty bleak, you know, it's, it's like kind of hard to say like, you know, what normal even means anymore, like what we're even going to go back to at this point. Right. But I'm just glad to be able to like still interact with and do dope things with dope hell yeah because you know at the end of the day there's other people that for sure got it worse right now you know during this struggle you know whether you got kids or you know you may have gotten sick or or um or maybe you know you don't have work right now and you're trying to struggle like there's a lot of people out there that have it even worse so it's like it's important to kind of take a moment you know when you're like going through uh, you know, those kind of uh, cr crisis moments, you know, on your own, you're just like, all right, you know, it's, it, it's not as bad as it could be, um, you know, got your health, if you got, you know, you got a job, there, again, there's definitely things to be thankful for, even during the, these chaotic times. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I can tell you, I, I definitely hold my friends and family a lot tighter, you know, when I do get to see them or interact with them like um the word i've been using to describe this year is mortal like it feels like a very mortal year you know because yeah there's just so many things piled on it's just like just when we think things won't get worse like you know now california's on fire and there's orange haze for a sky right you know? um and then the Jacob Blake tragedy happened a couple weeks ago. Um, yet more police brutality. Especially us, you know, again, like we're, we're so used to being very social, you know, all the time interacting with, you know, all kinds of people in the scene, being surrounded by whether they're friends or strangers, acquaintances, so on. And, you know, that got completely taken away from us. And, you know, so then like, you know, you get that, you know, aspect of our life put aside and then you just like realize what you have it's again very humbling experience in general this whole 
this whole time, this whole year that we're in. Yeah. So that all being said, Brian, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. All right. Oh yeah, all this, all the the good stuff, right? Um, yeah. So, um, so Brian, I've uh, I I first heard of you because I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I um, write uh, for Breaking and Entering the music blog, and um, we we hadn't really covered uh, too much um, like EDM or house or techno or any of that kind of stuff. Like we hadn't really covered too much of it um, prior to like this past year, but. When I, when I started writing for the site, I really wanted to, like, get to know more, like, electronic artists and producers and DJs. So I kind of started interacting with more folks in the club scene, um, in the nightlife. And uh, I've met some really, really great, dope folks. Um, I, uh, we know a lot of the same people. Um, I, like, uh, I'm a good friend of, uh, like, Haley Schultz. You know her? Yep, yep. She's great peoples. Um, Sierra Lona, one of my yep. uh, favorite people as well. Um, I've interviewed some folks like Wolfbiter, Deerskin, Alex Martinelli. Um, I've uh, had the Homewreckers on here. Best friends have been here. Um, got some more okay. folks. Actually, tomorrow I'm interviewing Fortune. Oh, uh, sweet. Nice. You guys you got a solid round of people already, to, you know, in your book. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I've been meeting some of the nicest, most kind-hearted people that are out in the in the nightlife scene. And uh, yeah, so I, I first met you through kind of like, you know, getting to know the names of the different DJs. There's, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of uh, DJs out on the scene. So, um, but also found out that you, uh, you know, do you're involved in a lot of great initiatives out here. So that all being said, we can start with, uh, when, how, um, how DJing, um, and like entertaining, you know, crowds of people in the club and whatnot, making music. I want to hear where it all kind of started. Like, let's, uh, let's hear kind of, yeah. Like when it all began. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, first off, let's go with how like Tista, the Tista name came to be. Um, so it's actually a nickname starting up. Um, when I moved to this other neighborhood, when I was like seven, there was another Brian there and they wanted to give me a nickname so they wouldn't confuse us. Now they were older than me, um, by a couple years or so. And so, you know, they, get, they ended up giving me the nick, this nickname, Little Tyke. You know, kind of that suited right. You know, Little Tyke is the the toy brand for kids. You know, I was you know a younger kid, so it made sense. So it went from Little Tyke, then eventually progressed to just LT. From LT, one of them called me El Tistador, like Spanish for Conquistador. And so then, like right around when I was thirteen or so, that got shortened up to Tista, and that's how the nickname Tista ended up coming about. Um, so then years later, then when I wanted to get it, when I got into DJing and I figured, well, I already got a dope nickname, might as well use that for my DJ name. Um, so moving on with that, well, I guess like what really kind of got me more into, you know, electronic music, dance music scene was actually, uh, this one time my cousin in, in Mexico. So my parents are from Mexico city. I was born here for a generation, my sister too. Um, so all my family's like back 
central Mexico area. So anywho, I was like 16 at the time. My, my cousin, she took me to this sick club. Um, I remember too, like the song that, you know, walking in there that got me hyped was Fetty Legrand's Put Your Hands Up for Detroit. And like, I was just enamored by the whole atmosphere, you know, the music, the, just everything that was like involving that. And uh, I remember my, my cousin, she ended up making me a CD that got me more into the music. Um, so I started going to events, um, more, you know, electronic events over here. And coincidentally, I, I was going to some stuff at the rave, which I'll get into how that ties into my story. Um, and then I remember July 20 or July 20, 2010, went to Dead Mouse concert outside of Soldier Field. Oh, man. And was, it always starts with Dead Mouse, man. <laughs> Yo, it was huge. You know, I was actually, the thing is, I was more into like, the trance music side, the sound, which I don't really even play, but that's what was like my, you know, that was drawing me in, you know? And, uh, and so then from like that moment, I was like, man, I want to try this. Uh, so I was already having house parties on the East side when I was, you know, going to school at UW Milwaukee. And I was like, well, you know, I'm already having my parties. Why don't I just DJ them too? You know, so I was doing both at the same time. I kind of had like a club going on in my basement. I did. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I had taggers all the time. Honestly, what's, what's cool is that a lot of people that are still in the scene and whatnot used to go to my house parties back then. A lot of people that I knew used to. Where, um, where did you live on the east side? So I lived out on Oakland and Park. Oh, dude, I used to live on that corner, actually. Okay, yeah, dude. So I used to live at 2716 Oakland from like 2009 to 10. Oh, and wow. then And then the next place I moved into, I had a booth, like a bar in the basement, which was my booth. You know, it was perfect. It was like meant to so, be. So yeah, you know, I was just building, like I was building that, you know, people were getting to know me a lot more for sure from then. And uh, it, it was uh, around that time too in the fall that I reached out to a DJ at the rave seeing if I could like get involved with the shows, you know? And so uh, I got booked to play a Halloween show that year. And, and then from pretty much that point on, I became a part of the rave. I was doing a lot of these side stage shows for, for a couple years until I grinded to become a resident with them. And I was with them for a total of six years. So, so yeah, that's how I pretty much got my, got my start and getting myself known around. I dealt with like, you know, all sorts of aspects with the rave, selling tickets to shows. That's how a lot of people really got to know me was meeting them in person um, to get them their, their tickets. And uh, yeah, just being involved with all aspects, production, uh, obviously DJing, doing stuff even for the artists and whatnot. So, so yeah, that's pretty much kind of how I got, you know, going on to everything else then. Oh yeah, man. So you learned, uh, re you learned reading crowds uh, from, uh, um, from East Side Parties. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, man, that is sort of like the uh, beginnings of like a lot of people I know that, you know, ended up becoming DJs. Like when I was in college, like that's yeah. how the Homewreckers started too. Um, yeah. How, uh, I'm sure you know BG Good. Yeah. Yeah, he's same deal. Uh, yep, 
yeah, you know, it's a great, it's a great base. You know, you obviously get exposed to a lot of people um, there and then you can work on, you know, your craft in your own place and you really have to worry, you know, about anything like mixing up or, or whatever in front of a, you know, you could say a real crowd. Um, so yeah, it was cool to, you know, get started from the bottom and then get to, you know, that sort of level. Quite literally from the, <laughs> yeah. the basement. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's just, it's been really cool um, to see like that ascension of, you know, dudes I know DJing house parties. Like I was in a fraternity in college. Like, you know, we used to have parties and, um, you know, the home records DJed like, their first couple gigs were like parties that like we threw and um it was just it's so cool to see them now like just like have a set having ascended and taken that seriously like up to the point like they are now and and as with any djs that started that way like that are on the club circuits and whatnot i mean that's like a really really amazing and impressive progression um so that being said, when was your first gig at like a plate, like a business? Um, let's see. So besides the rave, um, my first club gig was summer of 2014, I believe. Yeah, it was either 2013, 2014. That's when I got into Milwaukee Street. You know, it was different for me because of like everyone else typically started at a bar or maybe even a club or whatever downtown. And I started at the rave, which, you know, people have their own opinions about the rave or whatever, whatnot. But um, it was cool to like to transfer over and to be part of that because nobody else really with the rave, uh, you know, carried on over into the club scene too and, and stayed con consistent and continuous. So, um yeah, I got into Milwaukee Street back at, at Dick's when it, that was around in its in its prime days. Um, and uh, yeah, it really, really helped me take off, you know, to spread out into into the scene here. Yeah. Um, how did a non-pop sort of start? So, yeah, that was a really cool story. So um, the non-pop brand event, like we took off November 2017. Um, that one I do um, in collaboration with Moses, um, another local DJ here, the homie, and and it's actually you know, it's a great how it's great how we started things off because you know it's related to his um, his struggle and battle with leukemia. Um, you know we knew of each other in the scene as DJs. We had a lot of mutual friends. Actually, one of his really good friends from like high school who actually was the guy who lived in the house next to me that we used to throw parties at. So we like, we, again, we already like knew each other but without even knowing each other. Anywho, so when he got sick, um, I went to start visiting him in the hospital and we became pretty tight through that experience. Um, you know, we were chatting, talking about our plans, you know, goals with DJing and such. Um, and when he got out and, and he started getting back into the scene, then later on the next year and, and whatnot, well, he had already started developing this idea for this party with, a, with another DJ, Peter Pancake, um, who then like, well, he wasn't gonna be around. And like, since I had a similar idea, we were like, all right, well, let's just roll through with this and, and, and try to make it happen. You know, we wanted to, again, combine 
um, the art with the music. So the live art that we have going on there, that's, you know, we have our resident artists, but we also bring other artists too. You know, we wanted to be a non-commercial type of event, hence the name non-pop, you know, very blatant at, you know, the style of music that we play, you know, Moses, Moses has more of his influence from, you know, the hip hop, you know, that instrumental side, while mine's more like electronic music, house music, but, you know, it's all music, you know, in the end. So we wanted to combine that to give the Milwaukee scene here something different, you know, instead of the same music at a lot of the spots that you, that you hear. And, um, and since also too, like, with the help that he was getting from the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, the stuff that I did with Drop the Needle and, you know, my nonprofit, we're like, well, we wanted to make sure also too that we came up with that community aspect, you know, to tie everything together here, you know, play dope music, you know, to use that for good causes and, and again, bring everybody together in, in a cool, diverse sort of spot. Sure. Um, so then, yeah, we kicked it off in, uh, uh, like I said, November, 2017, and we've been going, you know, still strong, even kind of, you know, with COVID and stuff to this day. So it's been, it's been great. And it's, so it's, it's non-pop because I know you guys you don't play anything top 40. It's all like, you know, the deeper pop cuts. Yeah, you know, the stuff that you don't get to normally hear on the radio or even in, in the club. You know, there's so many, so many artists and sounds out there that we never get exposed to. And, um, and even us DJs in our libraries, we have so much music that we might not ever even get to play or that we don't get to look at as much. So this gives an opportunity uh, to expose people to that, you know, to those different sounds or, you know, those j hidden gems in our playlists and such, and, and give, you know, people uh, a unique experience where they get, again, exposed to something different and they can be like, oh man, that's dope. Like, well, who's that? Or, you know, where can I get that? And, and stuff like that. So yeah, we, we definitely strive to definitely be non-commercial, non-pop in, in, in what we play. And that also gives them the opportunity to artists to, to play that different stuff, to, to play those things that they, you know, been wanting to or been curious of, you know, getting out there and finally making it happen. Hell yeah, man. Dude, underground electronic music is my shit. Um, Hell yeah. I, in like 90s electronics, early 2000s electronic, um, you know, like even just, um, you know, more experimental stuff that's come out in the last couple of years. Like, like you like trance, right? Well, that was, that was what it first got me into like, so like my progression with like music and like what I play. So like I pretty much started with like the trance sound, what got me into dance music more. And then I started getting into like progressive house and that electro house style, you know, like artists like Hardwell, you know, Afro Jack, those guys were big at, at that time, you know, like 20, 2012, 2013 and such. So that was a lot of the stuff, you know, I was playing or artists I was opening up for and such. And then like later, you know, my sound progressed to get be more like the bass house sound, you know, tech house, uh, more in the house realm. There's so many sub, sub genres in it. So, um, many. So, so many, so many, you know, because that's like the basis of a lot of dance music is house music. So you can branch off into so much. Um, 
So, so yeah, I mean, now my, my, my sort of preference, you could say with what I play is more in the tech house realm, UK style house, uh, you know, G house garage. Again, there's so many yeah. genres, subgenres that they're very similar. Um, but again, I, now with non-pop, I don't stay limited to that. You know, there's, there's so much cool stuff I can play and spread around and even other stuff that I played in the past, you know, whether it's now lately I've been in a, dnb drum bass kick you know oh, yeah where the heavier sounds like even like mr carmack or troy boy you know those heavier whoops um you know playing all around the clock essentially but um i love and, drum and bass yeah yeah so so yeah that's uh that's kind of where where i'm at with that dude that's cool it's just cool that you're just sort of like been um transcending through like all the different styles and you know not putting yourself in a box and uh, being just versatile with the the manipulation of um of auditory waves that our human ears were never meant to hear also known as electronic music um, yeah <laughs> it, it's uh, it's really cool to hear all that man um, so um, so you, your most recent, your single that you dropped uh, with Tanner about a year ago, Hypnotized. Tell me a little bit about that joint. Yeah, so that was cool how that ended up going. It was that, it's a, so it's actually a two-track EP. So the EP is Hypnotized, but then we also have another track um, in there called Odawa's Chant, which is uh, homage to Zelda in there. Oh, yeah. Um, there yep. So then... Um, well, so I, the way we made it happen was like, well, we, we have already been working on music on our own. Like Tanner's done a lot of other production that he's uh, finished in his own time. Um, but yeah, we started working more on music. And I, so I review music for a service that and I get to critique unreleased or promos and such. Um, and I've been getting to do that for about four years, five years or so now. Um, and so one of the one of these DJs that I, that I reviewed stayed in touch with him on Instagram, and uh, I started sending him some demos of our stuff. You know, we were reaching out to different people to try to get you know something moving with that. Um, this DJ actually he ends up being in the Netherlands, so that's like cool to you know be able to connect with people from across the world, artists, you know, producers and such that could you know help us out. Um, so. We sent him that stuff. We got, you know, the, the process moving. And, uh, and then eventually, you know, get, got it mixed and mastered and, and signed and uh, released uh, um, at the end of November of last year. So that was cool to finally, like, have that as an accomplishment, as a goal, you know, um, just the, from, you know, that sort of connection. And, uh, and, and cross that off the list, you know, that finally made it happen. That's awesome, man. Serendipity is a crazy thing. It, it, it sure is. You know, you, you, you know, you reap what you sow, you know, you know, just whether it's in relationships, time, effort, you know, you're going to get something out of it. So, um, and especially when it comes to people, you know, you want somebody to help you out, you know, you got to keep putting in that, show that effort that, you know, you want that and, and then, you know, they can help you out, you know, yeah down the road yeah and you know like and that's a beautiful thing i've like i feel like i've discovered too from 
just like branching out and with with the show is like you know if if your intentions are genuine and you have you know wild ambition like you know you can work you end up working with just so many people you never thought you would work with and uh, it's just such a cool thing you know i yeah man like the netherlands like it's like dude this person existed on the other side of the world for like my entire lifetime until this serendipitous moment thanks to the the um just the seamlessness of like the internet yeah you know, no, yeah, like, it, it's crazy. It, it, it's it's dope how technology can can really help you know us out, um, especially you know in in the music scene. You you know you never know who's gonna be able to really pull some strings for you and and launch you that much more forward. Um, so and and people pay attention to that again if you're being genuine if you're you know you're doing the work and stuff you know people will take notice. And, and and again, they, from that attention, they can see something in you and and want to help you out with that. Yeah, for sure. So that all being said, uh, what are you working on right now, uh, Aztista? What what's in the chamber? <laughs> um, well, getting definitely getting back into um, in, into the studio here, working on right. my working on my own stuff. Well, now that I'm settled in my own own space. Um, it, it feels good to to be a little bit more quiet, you know, being on my own now, um, and that I can better get back to better focus on, on production. I've kind of like stalled a bit this year with all sorts of things kind of being chaotic. Um, I haven't put the proper focus on on getting music stuff done, but um, getting back into my my own uh, mix series uh, called Resonate, uh, basically is you know music that's resonating with me at the time. Um, and, uh, and so getting that, getting back into, you know, these projects to finish up, um, well, you know, figuring out whether we're going to get back into the club or not with, with, uh, with non-pop that that's, you know, that's to be determined as things progress here with, you know, the Corona situation. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, now, like I said, that I'm settled, focusing that time to really, you know, structure my music and get it to, you know, where I want to be and, uh, and get more stuff out there. <laughs> you know, there's so much stuff in here that I need to get out that, uh, you yeah. know, now again, like I got the, I got the time and focus for it. Yeah. Word for sure. I get that. Definitely. Um, yeah. How, and that's another thing is, uh, what, what has non-pop been kind of doing, um, you know, with all, with all things considered with quarantine and the pandemic, like how have you guys been navigating? Yeah, so it's, yeah, it, it's definitely been odd for us to continue, uh, you know, the, the brand, the event going, um, in particular when, you know, like the lockdown was happening. So when things kind of started, we had just moved into site 1A on Wednesdays. We were doing that on Wednesdays and then we were at the first, uh, first Saturday of the month over at This Is It. Um, so that got wiped. Um, and But we wanted to, con you know, figure out how to continue going. I was already doing live streams. Other DJs were starting to get into live streams. And we are like, well, let's figure, you know, figure out how we can still keep non-pop, you know, relevant 
you know, even through the stream at least and still do the stuff, you know, with live painting and, and trying to again, bring awareness um, and, and support to different causes. So um, we've had a diff uh, several different stream spots throughout this year, um, but we've continued this thing on Wednesdays. So we do this, it's called live at five with not pop. And so we'll bring, you know, DJ, other DJs, guest DJs to come through and spin with us still. We have artists um, and we've been able to work with another dope artist in his own way, um, BJ Bry. Uh, mm -hmm. He's a visual uh, jockey, BJ, yeah. uh, who's been part of the scene for years in all sorts of ways. I met him initially through the rave with his work there. Mo met him through other, his own way, so it's kind of dope how our own experiences with him, you know, was able to bring us all together. Um, he's the master behind the lights and he's got some sick space to be able to let us in and use that combined with his skills and, and equipment that he has for lighting and whatnot. And, um, so we've been able to create a, a, a sick stream on Twitch, um, again on Wednesdays and, uh, you know, that's where we're at right now. Um, you know, able to do that again, figuring out if we're going to be able to get it back to a venue sooner or not. Um, but again, only time will tell with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, um, I don't want to butcher her name, but your resident artist is, is it Liza? Lisa. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lisa. Lisa Batika. Shout out to Lisa. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was cool that, you know, she was already, she had already been like, uh, known in the scene with like her work with Miramar, um, and her like own art too. So, it's uh and she's got great energy she's good people so you know combining all you know good people and good energy in there you know good things are going to happen um so that's pretty much we've been, been able to you know do because of teamwork totally yeah I'm, I'm glad you guys are still you know um making something out of nothing like still like putting your heads together to you know bring um something that people can connect to but you know it's totally understandable like you know it's not like we can just be throwing responsibly throwing like wild ass parties like we have to right be realistic about that so um yeah man well um so yeah what what, what can we expect from non-pop uh you know for the rest of the year um well we're gonna keep trying to push the edge with our streams you know different different angles different uh lighting different you know djs artists through so you know we're always trying to bring something different to the table with that um you know seeing uh, where we can fit in with venues that'll be you know whether we can get an outdoor spot and do adapt that, that space that way or something back inside um you know we'd like to be able to you know take this event outside of wisconsin you know when the time comes you know we technically it's already happened already in in, in chicago for a, a small um a small session out there but uh you know really be able to give like the full experience whether it's you know around here in the midwest or with you know our different connections on the west coast east coast you know this is something that you know can be adapted to you know the area that we're going to play in so um and, and people love you know the idea the concept of those two obviously helping a local great cause which brings more people in 
um, an art, you know, like music art community up, you know, or uh, a community centered, you know, organization or focus or, you know, all that stuff brings people together. And that's our point to bring people of all different kinds of backgrounds to enjoy, you know, something that is going to intrigue their, you know, their eyes, ears, you know, all, all the senses we try to hit. The more senses you hit um, as an event, uh, the better. So, yeah, man. Um, well, I look forward to, you know, continuing to see what non-pop, uh, you know, innovates in terms of the community aspect of art and music. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to support you guys. Yeah, appreciate it much. Very much appreciate it. And, you know, it's all about, yeah, helping each other out right now however you can. I know it's, it's uh, difficult to try to get people to donate, but even, even if people aren't able to donate, you know, them getting to know about the cause, you know, learning about that, um, getting to interact with even just other people on the stream, you know, even just the littlest thing is, is, you know, beneficial right now. Um, and, uh, you know, just keeping trying to build and, and grow, grow the familia, you know, <laughs> we really like to call it, you know, uh, build the build the support and just being able to keep push each other you know forward. Man, love to see that. So um, I guess that leads us to so you, we talked about it a little bit. It was mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, drop the needle. Love to hear about your nonprofit. Um, so um, we can start, I guess, with like kind of where the inspiration came from making this. Um, an organization yeah um so the members the founding members and i like at the time like that's when like the 2016 beginning of that year the opiate crisis was hitting really hard um and well we all had like our own stories with somebody that either that had to deal with that you know either overdose addiction of my background is unfortunately my father passed from alcoholism now eight years ago and so I, I always wanted to try to bring more awareness to addiction and my mental health and that you know because that affected me so much too so at the time you know when that was going on we we just kind of you know amongst us friends thought we had to do something actually do something to you know help the issue at hand and, uh, and so we were just like, you know, why don't we start an event to try to raise funds for organizations that, you know, provide those direct resources for people who are struggling. Um, so we, we ended up coming up with the name Drop the Needle, which is a pun on words, you know, Drop the Needle and like DJing with, you know, on vinyl and, and all that, along with Drop the Needle for, you know, related to opiates, but also, you know, it, whatever a person's addiction is that could be their needle you know whether it's alcohol whether it's drugs you know the, the point is still the same and um and so yeah we were able to put together a, a great event that first summer and uh and then we you know we wanted to continue it from there so we became the following year then an official nonprofit, and uh now this is our fourth year um going into this and um well we've had to adapt because of corona our normal fundraiser it tends to be at the end of july and 889 
Radio Milwaukee is able to host this, which is awesome to have that, that huge local support. Um, but because of Corona, um, you know, they weren't having any of those sort of in-person events. Um, and, and so we had postponed and now, well, we've had to make this into a virtual stream fundraiser that we're planning on for, uh, October 24th now. Um, so yeah, the premise is, you know, we, we, we host the event, we try to raise funds again for an organization that directly gives, you know, services, you know, uh, alcohol or drug addiction treatment services, therapy, that sort of thing, um, you know, to make an impact with them. And then we would typically have different, you know, the other DJ, we, we have multiple DJs that come through and play and we would normally have like on the live band as well. Then we have different organizations that are associated with different um, substance abuse and addiction organizations to talk there amongst people and give information out as well. Um, so it's just a huge, you know, community event that's, you know, positive, that brings people together, that raises, again, awareness and, and, and support. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, you know, the history of, of Drop the Needle. And that's, that's like, so awesome that, you know, and, and very, like, um, special that kind of work like bringing that conversation to the forefront and building and fostering that sense of community once again um in a different way um talking about addiction talking about mental health like that kind of stuff i mean yeah i myself like you know i'm no stranger to the mental health conversation i've dealt with a lot of personal shit myself and um alcoholism runs in my family as well um and uh, yeah, it's, you know, it, it can be really difficult to, uh, especially in these times right now, you know, yeah. when, like in 2020, like, I feel like a lot of folks have, you know, resorted, have kind of like come so entrenched in their vices, um, and especially alcohol consumption, like has increased, like, you know, exponentially um since like quarantine began and and coupled and you know you top that off with like all of the horrible injustices and bleakness of like our future as a society right now i mean a lot of people are just kind of like you know self-medicating and, and right drowning in in you know unhealthy habits and um and it is scary you know, um, I think right. those conversations are, are so essential right now. And I'm glad you guys are doing this event um, next month. Thank you. you know, I, I think the community needs that now more than ever. Yeah, you know, this, uh, this isolation definitely keep makes people uh, can it can make people go stir crazy. And, and again, they resort to those vices that gives them comfort and that can be can spiral out of control you know when the situation can be so mentally and emotionally overwhelming and draining you know what do you resort to something that's easy that you know can take the edge off and obviously in a place like milwaukee or wisconsin in general alcohol is very easy to you know to come by um and then that can you know obviously can cause trouble for some people so you know, letting people know that, you know, they have somebody that they can talk to, you know, any of us members, 
um, you know, give information or, or different resources out there to help people and, you know, change the perspective on some things, whether it's, you know, like self-help type things or, you know, information on a, uh, on a facility or whatever, you know, we're there to help. And it's, it's important for people to know that they're, they're not alone in this time, you know, and people can get so stuck in their situation that it's hard for them to reach out, but letting people know that there is somebody out there, that there are people there that are, you know, are willing to listen and, and hear them out and try to help them out in some sort of way is, is crucial. And um, I think it's, you know, again, with this sort of times, um, and again, be more isolated and, and staying, you know, kind of, you know, our circles have kind of been d diminished more, you know, we, we pay more attention to our closer friends and, and, and family members and, and reach out to them, you know, even if, in the littlest of ways, like, Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. It doesn't take much to just say those sort of things. And, and that can really, you know, just brighten someone's day that you ask them how they're doing. Yeah. I think something on that note, like I've been trying to get in the habit of is if someone does tell me they're going through something or is sharing some, you know, personal issues they're working through, I always try to ask, is there anything I can do for you? Um, because a lot of us, you know, when we're on the end of like being the listener, you know, like we struggle with like, you know, kind of what our role is and how we can yeah. be there for those that we love and, you know, asking if there is any way we can either tangibly physically um fiscally even um ask like how we can be of assistance like that's you know that's what friends are for um so um yeah it, i i've been i i hope that um everyone is like really um sort of rethinking how they go about those you know, check-ins with their friends and, 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 you know, continuing to like, yeah, just, um, yeah, checking in with each other and, and you don't always have to like, you know, know exactly what to say, but as long as you're listening, like that's the most important part. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, just, just being that lending ear, uh, not even having to really put your own input sometimes, sometimes, you know, right. that might not even help. They just need somebody that just to, to hear them out. Um, and, and especially, you know, with, uh, you know, us men, you know, you know, growing up a lot of times it's just like, don't talk about your feelings, but talk about your emotions and whatnot. And that can obviously have big adverse effects, you know, in our adulthood. And so, Very so yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's, it's key, you know, for, for us, you know, guys, you know, to be able to have those talks with our friends and not, you know, put each other down for the, making them seem, you know, quote unquote weak for, you know, being emotional or whatever, you know, everybody's got struggles. Nobody's, you know, nobody's Superman, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, be, being there for, for one another is, is key right now. Yeah. What, um, so, um, what kind of like, um, parodies or facilities or organizations have you guys worked with? Um, so, so this year, um, we're, we're focusing on giving our funds for, to the Allen Club, which is, okay. uh, you know, here in Milwaukee, um, they provide different AODA, you know, alcohol drug counseling, um, therapy sessions. They, they do, they would do like 
yoga activities for, you know, for those people, um, meetings, so on and so forth. So they've been around for quite some time actually here in Milwaukee. So we're, you know, glad to be able to help support them, um, you know, as much as we're able to. Um, you know, we've worked with the guest house in Milwaukee, which is another in and out patient uh, treatment facility, La Causa. Um, last year, we did, uh, we focused on life point needle exchange. So they, they do uh, harm reduction. So they help with, you know, either giving, you know, clean needles to, to addicts to use to help, you know, prevent the spread of diseases um, around. Uh, which some people think that's counterintuitive that you're giving them the access to, you know, to use, to use. But when you think about it, it's like, well, would you rather them be using dirty needles and spreading that possibly into some, you know, to other people, you know, where they, they can maybe step on that and such. So there's multiple ways of, you know, targeting the issue um, and, and, you know, reducing the harm factor impact is, is one of those. So that was great that we were able to, you know, um, expose people to that aspect of, you know, providing help and support to that community. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up actually. Like, I mean, quitting cold Turkey is the scariest fucking thing in the world for many, for a lot of people going through this, you know, it's, yeah. it's like how, like, you know, the, 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 the symptom withdrawal symptoms are all too real and they can be almost they can be fatal honestly yeah. with with um alcohol and, and opiates that those two can kill somebody if they just quit cold turkey and you know the withdrawals can be so severe yeah like using is no joke um because it, it's you know it does your body does develop the dependence and i'm i'm I, like i'm glad that there's a resource like that like i'm sure many of us allies to or i should say those that wish to ally themselves with like um with uh issues such as addiction and uh um alcoholism and that kind of stuff like we have to take into consideration those you know that the, the very careful approach that comes with uh, proper treatment right right you got to have you know the knowledge to know how to deal with uh you, you know each you know i guess substance you know what they're dealing with because again it's not it can't be as easy as you know some people say just why don't you just stop well sometimes they, it could it could kill you if you just stop like that yeah so it, it's again it's educating people on you know, on the aspects of addiction, what can happen when they just stop, you know, what are all these, you know, physical and mental factors that go into, you know, addiction. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of lack of information. People just, you know, assume that, again, you can either just stop or it's just like, oh, you know, because they're using or they're addicted, they're bad people. It's not, it's not as easy like that. Of course. You know? There's, there's so many factors that are involved. Addiction is such a complex issue that, you know, they're still finding out more information on how it affects the mind and the body. So it's important to stay open-minded and with, um, you know, addictions and addiction and substance abuse and being open-minded with the, you know, the person that's going through it. Um, 
because that being willing to learn more about them, what they're going through and such can ultimately save their life. And yes, certainly. Yeah. I, yeah. Thank you for sharing all that, Brian. I you know, appreciate that. Um, so who's uh, working on the initiative with you? Um, so um, my partner, is Amanda Darowitz, she does awesome work. Uh, Shout out to Amanda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, um, she has done work. Uh, she's going for a master's in social work. Actually, I believe she just uh, finished it. So um, she's got a lot of experience, uh, you know, community involvement. She, I think she did something with, uh, I think it's like street life or something where she goes out and actually in the streets to help, you know, um, addicts to homeless people, uh, those who maybe, you know, sex workers, all sorts of things, you know, the ugly side, she's out there, you know, in the streets, literally. Um, and then one of our other members is, uh, Chloe Crowbar. Um, she is actually has been sober for several years now. I, I don't remember the exact amount of time, but she's been, uh, she's been sober and she does work uh, at different uh, at different facilities. Uh, she does the, she does teach yoga to um, those who are sober. Um, and it, it's actually what, what's crazy how we ended up all kind of combining then in the second year um, is that well Amanda already knew Chloe, but I had met Chloe coincidentally at an AA lunch in that I just so happened to stumble upon. Now this goes into like my work or with Uber. So I just, you know, when I'm driving around, uh, you know, I like, I'd like to talk to people if they like to talk back to me. And I picked up this lady who was going to this uh, AA lunch um, over in Shortwood. And we got to talking. I told her about the stuff I was doing with Drop the Needle. And she was just like, well, how about you just come and join us and, and talk to the group? you know, and then sit with us. And I was like, you know what? I think I, I think I will. I think I was meant, you know, to be here for that. Uh, yeah. um, and uh, I went over there. She introduced me to like, it was like 40 people. I wasn't, I didn't realize how big of, of a thing it was going on, but um, it was great to, you know, to speak in front of everyone um, and, uh, and put that out there. And I just so happened to sit next to Chloe, who was there. Oh just attending uh, with a friend. Um, and I got to chat with her a little bit, but I stayed for the rest of the meeting. And, uh, and that was like, actually, I think like the 65th anniversary of AA that day. Oh, so wow. it was, again, crazy coincidences of, of how that took place. Um, but, but yeah, that's how kind of we combined them with, the, with her. Um, and, and then two of the other members, they're not part anymore, but, but yeah, that's the, the us three, um, are, are, are the core members now. Awesome. That's, that's awesome. Going back to the serendipity, you know, like yeah. it was written in the stars that, you know, you're going to, you know, uh, be in the right place in the right time to, you know, foster these relationships. So, um, Good for you, man. Um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm really like happy and uh, um, very like uh, appreciative of the work that you're doing with that. Um, I mean, my, my father is a recovering alcoholic. Uh, he's been sober for six years, and 
you know, mm-hmm. without, without like that, without kind of, you know, the, what drove him to become sober. Um, and like my relationship with him and got, was enhanced like tenfold, like after he became sober and looking back and re- like learning about how like alcoholism can affect like a family dynamic. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's hard. It's really, it's really fucking hard. Um, Hell yeah, it sure is. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I unfortunately started going through, you know, things when I, I was 11, you know, I was 11 when my dad's drinking started getting, uh, severe, uh, ultimately until, you know, it ended up taking him before I turned 22, you know? So I, I had to deal with a lot of growing up, a lot of, you know, crazy and unfortunate experiences, Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I had a lot of great resources and outlets to like keep me together, uh, music being one of them. And, uh, and, and, you know, that's, it's actually too, you know, what helped keep me going, you know, dance, music, my different things I'm I'm involved with, whether it's martial arts and rugby, I do all various things, but, uh, you know, it, it, it kept me motivated and, you know, my dad actually, you know, my dad actually was somebody that was big in the community. He did a lot of help for other people. And, and so like, and even while he was, you know, sick, he still tried. So like growing up with that and seeing like how big of an impact, you know, this one man had, you know, I wanted to be able to, you know, follow in his footsteps with that. Um, and, and what's great is, you know, that I've been able to do that slowly but surely over you know the the course of the 10 years i've almost been you know in the music scene and um a great way to play you know pay homage to him and respects to my father certainly of course man i'm and thank you for sharing that like that's that is really impactful um for sure and, and you know I, and i always you know it, since i've gone through a lot of things and whatnot a lot of people have known that over time and also too like i always want people to feel comfortable with, you know, reaching out or whatever that they can talk to me about, you know, their issues and I'm not going to, you know, judge them or, you know, that, that doesn't, that doesn't help. You know, so I think one of the things I like to try to help people with, if they do open up about that or whatever is, you know, that, you know, they have the capability of changing their life if they can learn, learn how to change their perspective on things. Because once you change your perspective on whatever's, you know, bothering you or, you know, conflicting you, things can change like that, you know? Yeah. Yes. Uh, retweet. Retweet. <laughs> um, <Quote> it. <laughs> yeah. Tista, uh, it was great to talk to you and hear about your yeah, artistry, man. your DJing career, your work with non-pop as well as your work with drop the needle um you know you are you sound like a real like um very community oriented person and bringing people together it sounds like is just your um you know what you live and breathe you know whether it's through one avenue or another and with people like that you know in our community like people can feel less alone so i'm i'm really this is great to hear all the things you're doing, man. Um, keep up all. Yeah, it, man. 
Thank you. Thank you. Will do. You won't, I won't be stopping. That, oh, yeah. Corona can't stop me. <laughs> oh, man. We're still standing. Exactly. Um, so as we're closing out here, uh, Brian, tell me what keeps you up at night. What keeps me up at night? Man, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> um, what keeps me up at night? Um, trying to find new spots to eat around town. <laughs> Dude, I have so many places I could. Uh, uh, I mean, you might have eaten it all then. Who knows? But I, I will say I've been eating a lot more in Bayview. Um, my partner and I have been finding some great spots. Oh man, dude, baby, was filled with honestly all of like Milwaukee. I, I I like to rave about uh, how much great local food we honestly have. I wish they stayed open later. That's the only part that sucks. <laughs> no one's open late night, but during the day, you know, whether Bayview, Walker's Point, you know, Brady Street area, downtown, Tosa, all all yeah, sorts of spots. There's so many, you know gem spots to eat at uh, what was um, your latest uh discovery latest discovery um okay so that new crossroads collective oh um, yeah. yeah 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 so that right there on uh, on north and, and farwell um you know they got a bunch of different restaurants essentially in that little market uh they had this new uh laotian place called T-H-U-M. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I had this thing called Lab Chicken. Lab Chicken. Uh, man, it was the fire. It was delicious. You know, <laughs> I, I haven't had too much uh, Laotian-style food or Thai food. Uh, I do love it, but I don't have it enough. So that was, that was a, a cool uh, new spot that uh, I got to try out. Oh yeah, dude. That sounds awesome. I'll have to check that one out. Um, I last night um, I had Cafe India for the first time. Dude, it's fire! It's so good. So good. It's like it, man, dude. That the garlic naan with the fried rice and the vindaloo. It was such oh. a great time. I I ended up combining all three of those things, like just into, all the flavors in one. Yeah. Yeah. Give it yeah. to me. Oh man, it was to die for. Um, what puts you to sleep? What puts me, what puts me to sleep? Um, what puts me to sleep? Uh, I guess knowing knowing that my mom's healthy, my mom's safe, my mom's got her job, um, and uh, and same you know with my with my sister. Um, since my family's all in mexico essentially you know it's only just us you know here in the states so knowing that they're fine knowing that they're good knowing that they're you know stable and secure i think it gives me you know some of the most peace for sure good i'm glad man love to see it thank you again for being on the show no problem ben thank you for having me it was a pleasure talking to you chatting you you know getting to know you more um and uh We'll, uh, we'll touch base again, for sure. Yes, we will. And for everyone watching, um, be sure to check out and support Drop the Needle. Um, check out and support Non-Pop. And uh, let Tista DJ uh, your next night out. Once okay. night out, start thing again.
once they're a thing again, once they're safe to do. Yes, bring um, it back. Yeah. Tista's, Tista's ready. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. See you next time.